Lancashire batsman Rob Jones was the guest for this, the fifth episode of the Tea Break series. In the course of our conversation, Rob talked about how he's been able to deal with setbacks and adversity during his career so far. He spoke about the importance of breathing exercises, visualisation and his big mantra of staying in the present. Rob has really good reflections here on how he switches off, his game strategy as well as the state of play in the professional game around mental health and the support that's available for players. Everyone can take a lot from this. Rob speaks with a fresh enthusiasm regarding these topics, so I hope you enjoy it. What's the the view at the moment with uh, the news from ECB yesterday about the, the, the cricket starting earliest the 1st of July? Uh, I don't... What I gathered anyway, I've been chatting on the phone to to Walt quite a bit, and I think that's what we expected. You know, it wasn't first of June. Obviously, it was the twenty eighth of May when it. We were maybe hoping for June, but ultimately, it's just it's just not going to be the case. You know, it's it's going to be July and probably a little bit later, I reckon, because with the I think they're trying to obviously get international cricket starting in July, um, and then obviously we'll follow that because that brings the most money into the game. The international mm. cricket, so we'll follow that maybe later on. But it's nothing really unexpected. Obviously, it's frustrating. It's it's it can't be helped. But it's uh, the things that are going on at the minute. It's just bigger than cricket, isn't it? So we've just got to sit tight and obviously keep trying to <laughs> keep trying to keep busy if that if that's what you want to call it. So yeah. yeah, I think the lads are frustrated, and there's a bit of there is a bit of frustration going around. So yeah, we've just got to sit tight, really. Mm. Yeah. So what have you been doing with the the time that you've had because in some jobs you can do a working from home where you've got uh, an out of office kind of thing but for you you really need to be in the training environment don't you so, so what have you been up to uh i've been running pretty much every other day or well, i've been running every other day and most days uh I try and get out in the morning if i can been getting on my bike as well I like obviously I love the outdoors I've been biking running I've been walking with my dad I like nature so I've been just going down to Moor which is just down the road um, there's a bit of a nature reserve there and we just take a binoculars and <laughs> go do a bit of bird bird spotting and um, just getting out in the in the in the woods in the forest really which is really nice and that's where I find a lot of happiness in around there so it's I, I get a lot of pleasure from that and obviously that just passes a couple of hours yeah. by which is great um but mainly yeah just running uh biking and then obviously tom webster our snc has given us programs to do so we've got a few weights that we can get a lot get on with in the garden so that's about it really okay yeah and we're fortunate well it's frustrating isn't it that the, i don't know i'm sure it's the same with you that the, the sun's out and you're thinking this is perfect cricket weather Whereas yeah. in April, it'd be a bit gloomy and maybe we're looking at the wickets being wet and it's not the most inviting. So that yeah. would be frustrating, can't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now I guarantee it's gonna rain it's gonna rain from July onwards now. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll get back yeah. to we'll get back to cricket. I know Bunny Bunny tweeted something last night. He said it's guaranteed rain for the next four months now. <laughs> when we get back playing. So it's the way it is. So I know. In terms of your what you'd done then with the pre-season work up to when COVID came, um, yeah. how were you feeling uh, about the season ahead? 
Uh, I was I was really, really looking forward to this season because obviously I had a, a decent year last year, which was great. It was great to be involved and obviously winning the championship and having some good performances and influencing the, some games last year. You know, it's it's so nice to contribute to a lot of games. So obviously I had a great winter. Physically, I was in good shape, probably the fittest I've ever been with all my, with my, all my scores, which is great. I worked so hard this winter and mentally I was ready to go. I think I, I worked out a few things in my game that, I felt really, really helped me this winter. Obviously, a few technical things, and then uh, just working on all my mental stuff. Like uh, I, I, I like using breathing strategies before into bat because I'm quite a bit of an anxious, um, an- anxious watcher, if you like. I don't really like watching cricket. Um, obviously, I have to, but you just got to try and um, have a few coping strategies just to deal with. Um, that sort of nervous energy you have before your bat, which is which is all right. So I've been working, just kind of trying to work on them, and um, you only can really do that and recreate that once you're actually playing. So it's quite hard when during the winter when you are when you're just training, you're not obviously that competitive at, at some points in the winter. So you have to then just try and get yourself going, get yourself motivated, and try and treat it as as a game. Sometimes it depends what you're working on as well. If you're working on something technically, you don't want to get too involved with that. You want to just sit back and and just actually the outcomes doesn't matter as much as what it should do. But if you're getting competitive with bowlers, say Tom Bailey's bowling at you or Liam Hurt's bowling at you, you wanna you wanna get competitive and you wanna not let them get you out. So that's when that nervous energy comes and obviously the coping strategies help that. So but overall I, I felt in top nick for <laughs> coming into the season. It was just such a shame what happened. But like I said before, it's such the situation is a lot bigger than cricket and that's what we've got to be mindful of, you know. It's be quite hit it'd be quite selfish of me to sit here and say everything and curse everything but that's just not the way it is you know you just gotta sit back and the bigger pitch is always always the the best thing to look at I suppose and you've got to look after people's health and ultimately that's that's where we've all got family members and obviously if, if they don't want if they get it and someone passes away from it you just you'd feel terrible so that's where I'm at at the moment yeah, that acceptance is probably the key to it, isn't it? Because if we just fight it, then there's nothing we can do. So, yeah, I, I, I get where you're coming from there. In terms of those techniques, I'm really interested about the, the breathing techniques. A few people that I've spoken to over the last couple of weeks have mentioned this, the, um, players in similar positions to you. Um, had last week a couple of couple of bowlers speaking about it in, in particular, about settling themselves down at the top of their runner. Um, for yourself then, is it is it something that you use whilst you're waiting or do you transfer that then when you're in the middle as well? Yeah, a bit of both really. It's um, it's interesting because I sort of try and have a trigger and a switch where obviously during in the change rooms, sort of take you through what I'd be thinking. I'd be a bit, bit nervous. Obviously the energy would be flowing. I'd be like trying to visualise what, what, what's going to happen out there, what the... What, the situation is who's bowling, what uh, the game situation is. So you're taking all that in, so that adds to a little bit of uh, nervous energy. There's, I suppose everyone's different. I know, like Liam Livingston's very relaxed and he's very chatty, and he just what he just almost uh, chatting to everyone, just getting involved, and he's not really trying to focus on the game because that's the way he deals with it. And then as soon as he gets out there, obviously he's switched on then and he's bang. Was I'm a little bit more want to know what's going on what the bowler's doing is it swinging is it is it nipping is what's the 
the wicket like? Is it a little bit? Just trying to take as much information in as I can to try and get that, to try and get um, a grip of what's going on. And obviously, the, and then once I once sort of know what's going on, I can start then breathing, just relaxing and trying to just calm myself down a little bit because I'm quite a bit of an anxious waiter. So, um, and then soon as it's almost like trying to breathe from my belly. I don't know if you've heard of that, trying to just breathe from your belly and just like slow, deep breaths and just relax yourself and obviously just take it all in. But as soon as I hit that, the rope or walk down the steps or wherever it is, if I'm playing away or you're playing for Toft or you're playing for, uh, for Lancashire, you know, as soon as I hit the rope and I step over that, it's almost like, right, I'm ready now. I'm competitive. I'm in game mode. I know what I need to do. I know what I need to do to score runs and obviously everyone's different but it's sort of that white rope that I just sort of put my left foot over it and it's a bit of a routine I always put my left foot forward and I'm ready to go then so um, and it does the breathing obviously continues throughout my batting um, but I try not focus on that trying to focus on what is happening <laughs> not so much what I'm, my breathing techniques but it does help and I've done it a fair few times while I've, and it's worked so I, I continue doing that yeah yeah, I think that's something. It's it's a weird one, isn't it? Because when you say about breathing or breathing techniques to some people, they would say, "Well, I know how to breathe. I do it every day." You know what does it? Yeah. Do? But it has such a big effect on not only your 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 mind, but also physically, and that it just helps you just to slow down a little bit and and not have these thoughts running at a hundred miles an hour. So in your situation, that's something which I think. It could be, yeah, and I hear from lots of people is very, very effective. So you also mentioned a little bit about the vis- about visualizing what's happening. Um, is that how much of that do you do? Because I know some people will have that as something they do day out from a game. Is that the case for you, or do you look at that just as a short term preparation in the minutes before you're batting? Um, a bit of both, really. I suppose you, you know you're always thinking. Uh, leading up to a game what it's going to be like what feel it's sort of got and you, you, you're visualising um, maybe batting on that wicket I know there's a couple of lads that do that the day before I, I don't tend to do it the day before it's more just on the, the day of batting for example um, or I try and, what I've tried to do another technique that I've tried to do is really stay present um, take one day at a time and that really really sorry I forgot to mention that really helped me last year um, I, I made a pact to myself at the start of last year because obviously I had a couple of tough years in 2017 and 18 in and out the side and I was always thinking about uh, the future I was always doubting whether I was going to play I was, I was looking so, so far ahead it just put my head into a bit of a spiral and you, you start worrying about all that other all external factors that actually don't really matter and don't really happen um so last year at the start of it uh, we were at lords and i said to myself right one day at a time that's all i'm gonna do and visualized on that day what what i felt like was right or just thought about that that one day in the four days that we were playing uh, obviously i had a decent decent start to the year last year which was great but then i, I said to myself right that really worked for me so i'm gonna do that for the rest of the year and I, I, i'm I do, really, I know, I don't really, like to, I know it's probably swear here, but bullshit myself because um, I really, really made a conscious effort to do that and it it helped massively. Um, and that's sort of my visualisation is that one day at a time is 
where I'm coming from. So it's not necessarily like visualizing a couple of days out batting on that wicker. It's more going to the nets in the morning, doing what I need to do on that specific day, and that's sort of my visualization. So, um, and that's what helps me just to break the whole game down, break the whole season down, and it helps me mentally not get too far ahead and not worry about the future and not worry about doubting my position in the side or doubting my position in the squad or am I going to is my contract going to run out am I going to get released all these things that come into your head you know you could just break it down you can break it down even further than that you can break ball by ball if you really want to and that helps to to bat uh, helps bat in long periods of time you know because you're only focused on one ball and it's only one event at a time so um but ultimately, if you break it down that specifically, you know, you're not, you're only focusing on that 30 second um, time the bowler has to run in bowl and then you hit play a shot or you leave it or whatever it is and then you focus on the next one and the next one and the next one. That's something that's really helped me as a cricketer over the last probably 18 months, yeah. Okay, so that's come as a result, as you say there, of having some challenging times. Um, having some setbacks where you've you've had from 2016 where you made your, your debut fairly quick success and then it it not just continuing in a linear way there's been ups and downs peaks and troughs which when we take a step back in our lives we realize that happens but in the middle of it it is really difficult to deal with so you introduce some techniques to help deal with that uncertainty um, at that time though how hard was it to get help from from other people? Because it feels really personal, doesn't it? Whether it's your place in the side or your job security in, in another walk of life, it feels like it's our problem and our problem alone. Did you struggle to, to get help to deal with it? Or were you someone that was able to be able to, to bring others in to try and get some support? That's a really good question. It, I've always felt, I've always been quite, I know you've obviously worked a lot with the cricketer over the last however many years and getting insights and stuff, but I've always, it's probably been a common theme, it's very internal with it and it, it sort of grinds away and it sometimes, not reluctant to get help, but yeah, it's, it's just battling your own uh, emotions and your own thoughts and that's what the hardest thing is and I, like I say, I'm not shy to go and ask other people, but sometimes I just feel like I'm asking for the sake of it like <laughs> instead of actually working it out for myself and when you just ask someone for the sake of it you, you sort of try to search and you're trying to get information that actually isn't irrelevant is a is irrelevant to you because it's not coming from you um the soon as you work it out yourself you work you, you, your game out then that's when you become the most comfortable like you will you you start to relax and you'll start to actually trust yourself trust your skills trust your belief um and like you do i think you you get a bit of comfort by asking someone but at the end of the day i don't sometimes believe that helps you've got to sit yeah. look in the mirror and say actually what do i need to get better at how do i need to do it and once you obviously work that out and start putting some uh, stuff into your practice then that actually will start becoming clear and then you can start to believe and the, the process that you've got you start to trust and then 
once you trust in your process, then you go out there and play and be free. And it, ultimately, your mindset switches from such a negative one to where, fuck, I don't belong in this side. I'm not going to score any runs. I'm, I'm in and out of the side. I'm useless. I'm, I'm no good to actually thinking, right, I got 100 at Lords. I was like, wow, actually, this is the start of the year. I belong here. I played brilliantly. I got hit in the head, bounced back up. I went on and got 100. Like, it, it just, from that sort of working it out, for yourself just changes the whole your whole mindset yeah and that's overlooked a lot because any problem that someone has whether it's batting bowling relationships and so on no matter what help you get from someone else it is going to be you that, that does it and in some cases the help is what then gives you the tool to do it but in um, in sport and, and certainly these things where it is the, the individual it's it's Rob Jones who's going to score the runs or not score the runs. Yeah, coming back to what you can do is really important there. And I think that's, that can be overlooked. I, 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 I get what you, what you mean there. In terms of outside of the actual worries about your game, the specifics maybe, the technical bits, the kind of emotions, though, that you experience around this time, and you've, you've mentioned a few about how your thought process can become quite negative. How did you cope with, with that side of it? Because that's almost the bit that's going to affect you the most because it's going to seep into other areas of life where it's easy if you feel like you're not doing well in one thing to then have that feel like it's pervasive. So what did you, what did you tap into and how did you deal with that in terms of how it affected your, your overall life? Yeah, it, I'd say I'm very quite, I'm quite an emotional person. Um, if something's going bad in my, my career, which cricket is my career at the minute, obviously, it, it does affect my other... Uh, it affects me outside of my career as well, which sometimes is such a bad thing. I used to come home in moods and not talk to people and just be quite uh, quiet. And that's not me as a person, quite a sociable, outgoing. It, it has a massive effect and it emotionally drains you and you just become... just a bit of a zombie and you don't really want to speak to people you just go about your day-to-day life and that's what I've felt in the past obviously I've, I've grown up a little bit and it's not the be all and end all you can still like obviously you as you get older and you start to realize that there's other things outside of cricket even though it's really important to you but you do start becoming a bit um rude I have been rude to the, the close ones around like mum and dad and so they ask you questions yeah it's not that bad but you don't really want to speak about it and you become quite ignorant and it it has affected me massively that that up and down peaks and troughs with cricket because one day you could get 100 and you'd be but you'd be really sky high and you want to speak to people and go and have a beer and be sociable that if you next day you get a duck then obviously you want to sit in your room you don't want to speak to people and that's sort of I've had that um, earlier on and I suppose got to grips with it a little bit better now because I've had that experience from a younger age and it's not been all plain sailing from when my career started um, so yeah and obviously everyone in sport or everyone in life will have these issues it's about how how can I deal with them and obviously once you've you've had that experience it's almost like note it and write it down and say yeah that's how I felt and now I've obviously if it happens again, well, I have been here. I've I've been in that situation. I've been in that position. Well, ultimately, it's not the be all and end all. I can get myself out of it. You know, you can go and 
someone might say something in the change room and it picks you up and say right actually forget it it, it life's ain't not that bad you know what i mean it's not the deal and so like you say that peaks and troughs is is so hard emotionally but you have to then try and just stay as level as you can and good days and bad days that's sport but as long as you go back to your one thing for me which was one day at a time trust the process and trust your skills then you will eventually succeed if that makes sense yeah absolutely um i think your your approach to this is is definitely one which people can think about in terms of because as we say all the time everyone's different and for some people going through that like a bit of a rut their instinct would be to say right i'm going to try and get as much as i can from a coach or someone that can come in there other people is because of course we vary so much with think, well actually I don't want to use that as a crutch. I maybe want to think about how I can do it myself. So cricket teaches us really good lessons for the rest of our lives as, as well. Um, so that aspect might be something that clicks with, with someone else. So would you say generally, I suppose you've, you've kind of answered this already, that you, you find it tricky sometimes to switch off from, from cricket? Um, I'm actually pretty good at it. I actually feel I'm not too bad at it because I've got other interests. I've got other hobbies. I like obviously uh, love the outdoors, uh, love getting up mountains. Um, I play a bit of guitar. Obviously, I've got my bike, my running. That escapism where me and my dad will just go to North Wales is only what an hour and a half. Me and my dad will just go and um, wander around Betticoat or go to Anglesey, wander around there. And that's my sort of escapism where I can just get out and not think about it and not worry. I can be sat on the seaside, but we're sat by the coast. And all you have to, all for me, all I have to be doing is sit down in, in the sunshine. And um, that sort of, for me, is where I, I can get away from it. And um, as soon as I, I probably, I probably had, didn't do that as much as I should have done when I was younger, but now I realise now that that is the best thing for me to do is just get out in the outdoors and not care in the world. And it's almost that, that freedom just to say, right, I'm in the mountains and no one could touch me. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm having the time of my life, especially when you get a good day and you can see for miles, it's just the best feeling in the world. So, and you don't even think about who's bowling at you next week. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you just think about one foot in front of the other and you think about where you're heading or uh, in North Wales, wherever it is. So that's sort of my, my way of dealing with not thinking about cricket yeah yeah that's a great philosophy i think the the, the, the trap is that we we want to do well at, i mean in your case pro cricket for me cricket is just something that i'll i'll turn up and uh, and be there rather than actually necessarily contributing anything <laughs> the other areas where i'd be saying yeah i really want this so as a result it will then move into other areas when I should really be switching off or, or paying attention to other things. So that, that geographical distance from it is definitely something that's, that's, that's worth thinking about. Now, in your, your, in your environment, not only at Lancashire, but say the, the county cricket circuit, um, cricket players are, are, are certainly no different to anyone else that there can be things that um, affect their health, both physically, you know, um, 
everyone has injuries, everyone has setbacks in that side. But of course, there are particular pressures that can impact um, people's mental health. And some of the things that we've been speaking about, if they're not handled well, could be contributing to declines in that way. Um, what's what's the, the kind of, I guess the, what's the overall view, do you think? And this is a difficult question, but the overall view that people have nowadays in the sport about that side of things is it something that people feel comfortable talking about or is it something that we only really react to when someone does have a problem um i i the way i i suppose it's down to that individual person is it whether they they want to speak out i suppose or they want to let the lads know they want to people have problems is who do they go they they know in the Cheney room that we are a very quite close-knit group and any one of us would be happy to help and happy to talk and happy to try and give advice but ultimately it's about that the individual person trying to open up as much as they can now I think there is a bit of there is an acceptance around the county circuit to to people's um problems outside of cricket you know because mental health is such now in in the in the spotlight it, it's huge you know it everywhere we go now it's making sure your mental health is right you know and it and there's a huge especially with the cricketers trust and the pca with with the confidential helplines you know there is places to turn if if you are feeling rubbish or you're feeling whatever it is and you've got certain problems going on in your life you know you can you can turn to people that you trust and the PCA are always there and they do a fantastic job and there's a confidential helpline that you can ring and anyone will answer it and they'll get you help straight away you know there's and they stress that huge they stress that so much when we have meetings with them it's like if you're feeling like this or you're, you're struggling you know you can you can pick up the phone at any time and someone will answer so but I, I would like to hope that there is a I feel around the county circuit that if someone is struggling or they're not afraid to to stand up and go and speak to someone that that for me if if the if the if sport got like that if football got like that if if rugby got like that then that would make the whole I suppose it would make sport an even greater thing than it is that's that's for me where where it would be you know it's it's quite because no one obviously no one wants to bottle up things and that's what blokes do it um stereotypically they bottle things up but as time's moving forward and mental health is more in the media and there's more strategies more coping mechanisms with it i think the more lads will be more accepting to say how they feel instead of thinking oh, i'm macho man i can't i can't say how i feel blah, 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 with all the problems so that's where i, I I hope that cricket goes to in that sense, yeah. Yeah, and the key for, for me from observing the pro game and then working with, with guys in a recreational game is that all the things that you've spoken about, about say techniques like breathing, visualisation, staying in the present, having time to switch off, maybe writing down stuff and, and tracking it like that. People often look at them and think that's what the player does to help his or her game. But a big thing that I've always tried to get across to people is you can use these across 
the whole of your life. So if you're in a Absolutely. sort of anxious situation, like you're nervous about something, say you work in an office, you've got a presentation to do, some breathing exercises are really useful for that. It's not just managing like the anxiety in a sporting setting. And if we talk more about mental health from a positive perspective, you know, you've said to us, these things that, different things that you've done mentally have helped you come through a time where you were really doubting whether, you know, what you were doing. So yeah. it's got to be that positive side of it there as well. I think my final bit then, Rob, is to say a little, I suppose this is quite a reflective one. If, if Where you are now, let's assume, let's pretend just for a minute that cricket's going, we're in the middle of it. What do you know now about how your mind works and how your emotions affect you that you would love to have said to yourself back in, say, 2015, 2016, when you're about to make your debut? Um, yeah, that's a good I actually thought about this the other night um, or the other day. I, I, I would personally stress to young players, if I was what I've learned, obviously I'm still very, I'm nowhere near completed it, but is really focus on um, game strat like game strategy and how you're going to score runs. And I got so wrapped up in listening to too many people and working on a lot of technique when ultimately I could, I've always been able to score runs no matter how. Like I've never been very like pleasing on the eye, but I've always been able to manage to score runs no matter what level I've played at uh, so far. Um, and I got so wrapped up for two years in, in thinking technically, I was like, God, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I keep missing. I keep crossing over. I keep um, coming across the ball. But actually, I, I lost sight of what I was really good at is actually scoring runs and, and looking and getting competitive and breaking it all down like it's like I've spoke about and actually focusing on the situation right now and there was times when in 2017 and 18 in the second team when I, I dominated for over for them two years in the second team couldn't do it in the first team because I got so wrapped up in looking good uh, technically being perfect where in the second team I went out there I was free I didn't care how I batted I scored runs and Obviously, this is talking cricket here. And what I'd say to a young person is just do not be afraid of not listening to too many people, doing it your way. And that takes a lot of bollocks to do that from a, for a young person because you want, you want to listen to a coach. You, you want to um, impress people, You like you say, coaches and management staff, and you want to do that. But I would obviously be polite and be, thanks very much, I appreciate that. But ultimately have a think and have a question about is that actually really going to work for me because it didn't for me at times and that's where I was I'm a bit frustrated if I just gone out there and, and played the way I wanted to play and should have played then I'd have been a little bit more successful in those years I personally believe so um that's if that sort of answers your question that I don't I might have rambled on a little bit but uh, if that answers your question, it's almost try and work it out for yourself as from a young as age, young age as you can, um, 
that's where I would I would try and stress to young players or yeah. people coming through the game. I think that's great, Rob. And that's a really good theme. It's very consistent with all that you've said about, about finding your own way and what works for you and being comfortable and linking that to some of the, the techniques and the good practice in, in like mental fitness. It's just it's that kind of mindfulness in action, just taking a step to go, hang on, you know, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? Does this work? Yeah. Um, and that bit definitely for young players about everyone's got some advice. You go at your club, say, great club like yours at the top, loads of good young players coming through. The temptation is for people to then, everyone to give advice. We've got lads at, at my club over at Liverpool competition and everyone will be you know, swarming around them going, oh, have you tried this, you try this. Sometimes you want to say to them, even those people might know what they're talking about, just stop listening for a bit and see what works, works for you. Yeah, I suppose there's nothing better than going into a net. This is what I've experienced. And no one's saying anything to you and you've just played the way you wanted to play. And whether that's you've blocked a few or you've gone out and been aggressive, there's nothing better than actually doing what you've wanted to do. Uh, like you say, it could be, it doesn't have to, you go out there and whack every ball and you try and, and you get out a few times in the net. It could be just actually saying, right, I'm going to play every ball on its mind. I'm going to see it. I'm going to block it. If it's there to hit it and it's in my area, I'll hit it. And that for me is where I want to, try and take your game every single time in practice into a game is actually just being so present and just playing how you see it and playing it the way you want to play it and that that for me is ultimately where I'm comfortable where I would be comfortable going forward with my game um, obviously you listen to experts and you listen to coaches and you try you will get things you'll pick up and don't get me wrong you don't rule that out whatsoever because that's so important part of the game but Ultimately, it's it's down to you, and that's where I would stress to to people throughout the country. If I was talking to someone uh, down south at a club game or up north, and they asked me whatever, I'd just say that is where I think young players should try and get to. Yeah, yeah, I'm on the same page you there, Rob. Um, really grateful to you for giving up your, your time this morning. There's loads of stuff there which I'm definitely gonna be thinking about now I've noted it down and I know people who've listened now and when it goes on the, the podcast will be able to take a lot from that so uh, yeah thank you and I'll let you get out there do some bird watching <laughs> cheers mate. I really appreciate that if you need anything else just let just let me know nice one Rob thanks a lot mate cheers cheers pal thank you bye